Hello there, this is Ed McCarty. Welcome to Hoofing It Podcast with everything horses and livestock. Hello everyone, this is Melissa Cowan. And this is Jana Harrington Barkus. And we're with Hoofing It Podcast with everything horses and livestock magazine. And we are out here on location at Equifest of Kansas 2023 here in Salina, Kansas. Hi, I'm with Lisanne Fear, and she was part of the Mustang Discovery Ride. Thanks for coming, Lisanne. Thanks for having me here, Would Melissa. you tell us about the, the ride? And Yeah, so the ride started with the purpose of riding 5,000 miles to inspire and educate the adoption of 5,000 Mustangs. And what made you decide to do this? You know, I tried my hand at being a horse trainer, and, uh, you know, I could train horses, but my problem was is I got too attached. I couldn't turn them over. I had a hard time giving them back to clients. Um, and, you know, there's such a need for Mustangs to get into good homes. And so, like, I p- couldn't personally train every physically every 50,000 Mustangs I'm holding, uh, but I could help inspire possibly the adoption of 50,000 Mustangs from holding. And so... Uh, that's kind of where the trip came from that and uh, I come from a ranching background and I just love being in the saddle every day so it, it just kind of fit it just fit well how did you learn about the Mustang and get involved with Mustangs yeah that is a great question um, I grew up on a 55,000 acre ranch in Wyoming wow. and uh, granddad was very adamant about uh, just his quarter horses and like his quarter horses never having any white markings on them at all like no white feet or anything scratches was really prevalent up there and uh, you know it was a sin when I brought a paint horse home at the age of eight and the paint horse wasn't even allowed on the property uh, I had to stay on my dad's 10 acres south of town so <laughs> he was uh, strict. <laughs> yeah so uh, growing up in that kind of culture like Mustangs were just referred to as desert rats like they weren't even really considered Isn't that uh, crazy? <laughs> yeah like an option of a horse which is just crazy because I grew up just 100 miles north of the Rock Springs holding corrals and so Mustangs weren't a part of my life till I went to college and I was super broke and uh, I was willing to pretty much swing my leg over any horse someone was willing to pay me to be there for. And a gal asked me to ride her little Mustang mare and I was like, all right, yeah, sure. And that turned out to be the sweetest, most gentle little mare that I've ever worked with. And uh, I'm happy to say six years after that, she's now in my herd because, again, back to I can't be a a good horse trainer and turn them over. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. And, you know, um, you found out that they weren't desert rats after all, didn't you? (laughs) No. So shortly after I worked with my first Mustang, Callie, first Mustang I ever touched, uh, thanks to the Mustang Heritage Foundation, Uh they put on the Extreme Mustang Makeovers. And uh, I watched a documentary called Wild Horse, Wild Ride. Yes, I've heard of that. Yes, and it's about the 100-day makeover competition, and I watched it, and I came back to the barn, uh, and I told my client that had the Mustang about it, and she's like, yeah, I figured you would have wanted to, and she had already printed out my application, filled out a referral. I got another client of mine to fill out another referral, and soon enough, I was on my way uh, to my first Extreme Mustang makeover, and that horse that was a part of that makeover eight years ago joined me on my trip across the entire country from Delaware to California. Oh my gosh, what a connection! So, yeah. how many Mustangs did you take with you? Um, so, I started on the coast with uh, two Mustangs and one Mule Stang. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mule Stang is super rare, uh, but she was born and bred in the in the wild, uh, and so she was actually kind of the one that ignited the whole trip in terms of like sparking the idea to go across the country because she was such a unicorn uh we wanted 
her to capture some attention. So I started on the coast with her and two other Mustangs. And then uh, as the trip progressed and things happened, like uh, in Illinois, I lost my sponsored truck and trailer. And so I had another horse sent out to me um, up from my personal herd back home. So then I was on trail with three horses, one mule. Okay. And then uh, by... Utah, Nevada, I was having so many people wanting to join riding with me every day on trail that I had another horse uh, <laughs> sent to me um, from my personal herd. So I ended on the coast of California with four Mustangs in my mule stang. Oh, my goodness. Uh, what an experience. So what was your what do you think? I know what your worst moment was right here. <laughs> yeah, getting hurt. definitely. Yeah. Go ahead and tell that story. Uh, yeah, I don't even know where to start with that story, but I... <laughs> Probably the most tragic things on trail that happened were actually to my dogs, not necessarily my horses, which right. I think speaks to the testament of how hardy the Mustangs are to go that many miles yes. in that kind of environment. Uh, but unfortunately, across Illinois on the River to River Trail, my dog here, Caillou, who's actually my service dog, um, got bit by a copperhead snake. And uh, at that point, coming from Wyoming, my part of Wyoming, uh, right now we have two and a half feet of snow. Yes. And so there's no poisonous snakes up there because they can't survive the winters. And so I was very naive when it comes to poisonous things on trail. And, uh, yeah, he had to get evacuated out of there. He spent um, three days in the ER in St. Louis, uh, Missouri. But thank God he's here. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I'm so grateful for that. I but, am yeah, too. That's a, that was a miracle for him. They don't. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. Wow. Well, so tell us what your, you think your best moment was. I'm sure there were several, but uh, is there one that comes to your mind? Yes. Uh, <laughs> so when I started out on the coast of Delaware, my mule staying Abilene, uh, she, she has a lot of trauma and PTSD in her history too. So her and I really unite on that. And like, she just did not want to be a part of the trip at all. And like when I started in Delaware, my hands were bloody from her, like constantly ripping the rope out of my hands oh my and me being stubborn about never wearing gloves. Uh, but a year into the trip, uh, we get to Cal uh, Colorado, and Colorado, uh, due to some other things, I ended up doing Colorado completely solo. Like, I didn't have a support crew or a film crew traveling with me at all that I had previously had for the last year. And it was probably my favorite part of the trip to be completely alone and back with my horses again. But here I was now in Colorado, um, out on thousands of acres of BLM ground, uh, I had I had wrecked my truck in a way. I put Def in my diesel tank, so I didn't have my truck or trailer for support. So I'm just packing like me and my horses uh, every day on trail. And my mule that previously like didn't want to be a part of anything, didn't want to join in, was like ripping everything out. Like she was so skittish, so reactive, everything. Uh, coming from Wyoming, one of my biggest things when I go packing in the mountains is like I go up into the mountains and then I turn my horses loose in the mountains. Uh, while I set up and make camp and uh -huh. let them graze and everything, like completely loose, like not talking like electric fences You're or anything. You're free. <laughs> yeah, and that is such a moment for me, especially with Mustangs that are previously wild, uh, to turn them back into the wild and have them choose you. Yes, that and, would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, so there was a moment where I finally, it was my first time ever on trail with my mule, uh, letting her completely loose. Like I would let all my horses loose, no problem. But this is my first time letting my mule completely loose, like no halter where I could just like run up and catch her. Mm -hmm. uh, this is also the same mule that when I first got her, like she would like headbutt you when you go to halter her and like knock you over and then take a 180 off. Like this is the same mule that had all of these problems and was so reactive. And uh, I let her completely loose. 
And uh, she went out and uh, she rolled. She was very happy. And she kind of rolled up and she just laid there and she took a nap for like an hour. (laughs) And I was sitting on my bedroll under a tree watching her and I was uh, reading the book, The Help, at the moment, which is where Abilene, her namesake, comes from. And uh, she was just so at peace. And like after that hour, she stood up and she walked back into camp. And it just meant so much to me that an animal that like just did not want any part of me or human society or anything like here, I had finally turned her back out, actually back out on the BLM ground where we were camping. And uh, she had chosen us as her herd and her family. And yeah. so that's probably the moment that you stands made, out most to me on trail. You made connection. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. amazing that she connected so, with you. What yeah. a, that is, that makes you feel so good. Yeah. I feel good for you. Okay. So um, how long did the, what, how many years did it take you to finish the trip? Uh it took me 14 months, so 14 just months, over a so year. I thought maybe it was a couple of years. So, okay, so man, I, I thought about stretching it into a couple of years, <laughs> but uh, after my dog got bit, you know, there was definitely a moment on trail where I was like, "Man, this isn't fully worth dying for entirely," you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I gotta tell. Sorry to cut you off. No, we got to talk about Equifest. What are yes. you going to be doing here? What are you doing? Yeah. So I'm just popping by, and I'm seeing some of my favorite people here at Equifest. Um, I'm staying actually at a Swati long-term holding facility in Ellsworth, Kansas. Okay. So I'm just in the area. Uh, but I wanted to see my friends from the Mustang Heritage Foundation and Souders uh-huh. uh, and my fellow long riders. I don't know that there's ever been three long riders sitting in the same spot. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but Patrick Sullivan, he uh-huh. did a big long he ride. Did it too. <laughs> and then uh, Felipe and I knew both of them prior to my trip. And, you know, so- I feel kind of cool that I've earned my tiger stripes to be a part of like the long riders club. That's so great. that's great. And you're yeah. a woman. Yeah. 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 There is that part. Yeah. There is that part. Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming and interviewing with us today. Thank you very much appreciate- for your time. Yeah, Melissa. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today. Our podcast is sponsored by. Better Equine, the manufacturer of BE saddle pads. Bee tree. Pure and natural skin and body care products. And Living Life Ranch, located in Gardner, Kansas. Subscribe with us to follow our podcast and please provide a review. We appreciate your positive feedback, which enables us to provide our free podcast to you. Music provided by Ed Mahan. Copyrights by Everything Horses and Livestock.